theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Page Yud Aleph, the last paragraph. What we have come out learning. Nimtzinulamedim is a usual term that's used at the end of the discussion. And a whole pilpul, you'll say, Nimtza. What comes out of all of this? Nimtzinulamedim. What we came out learning from all of this is. You see, the nimshal, every detail that we spoke about is vital to the whole structure. Everything we spoke about in the marshal, all the details, literally, there was nothing stam derech agav for entertainment purposes of how teaching works. It was all essential building blocks in a puzzle of a marshal which mirrors the nimshal. So it's extremely important for the nimshal to keep in mind all of the aspects of the marshal. Bal nedar af echad, without even losing one detail, one aspect. So what did we just learn? That to translation, that it's the perfection or the completion of the previous moichen, which means of the previous state of awareness, cognition, and communication, which reached soif maisa. What is the soif maisa of the previous awareness? The end, the goal, the communication to the student, which is the ultimate end, the soif maisa. Went through a whole process. Teacher became a teacher, he learns on his own. And then he wants to communicate. And he wants to really communicate. And he has to go through what we learned, the Yud and the hay and the Vav and the hay, The two preparations within himself. And the two preparations vis-a-vis his student. He first has to make sure <coughs> that he has it, what we call in Yiddish, he captured it in a klal, in a prat. Yud and Hey, Rav, Ayisapra, Chachma, Bina. Then there's Hachina, Vegam Chakra for the student. That's the Vav and the Hey. In worlds it's called Atzilas, Briya, Yitzira, Asiya. And then finally, Vayoymer Adam, speaking begins communication. And that's Soif Maisa. That's the Soif. That's the goal. That's the end. This is the end zone. This is where you wanted the ball to go to. Everything else. It may have taken six months, it may have taken six years. Maybe his whole life he's preparing for it. But this is the moment, soif maisa. And as we learned, no, it's soifon, bitchilasan, right? Soif maisa, because that's the purpose. So what happens now is it reached soif maisa. It came to soif maisa. It reached its shleimus. It reached its shleimus because the dibur to the mekabel happened. You're now communicated. There's the real connection. That's the ultimate space where you left your space and you went into the other person's space. What happens now? It reached the Shlemos. So now no tzayfun betchilasa. You remember the three explanations. Why through Dibur there's a new depth because it's Chalkos. Why through Dibur there's a new depth because the Urchhoiser 
the tension that's created from the connection with the student, seeing the face, and the collision of two paradoxical emotions. Number one, his deepest desire that it be absorbed, and the difficulty for the macabre to absorb it, hitting a stone wall. So, the, so to speak, the earth bounces back and unleashes through the Kayachiyuli of the Nefesh Amaskalas. I'm using the same terminology we used and explained. Number three, they know it's Saifun Bitchilasan, that something happens to the self when the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate objective of the relationship is fulfilled, which you can't experience inside of you despite all the preparations. It only happens when you actually touch the other. And in touching the other, something in you emerges that you could not have not precipitated before. What? A new level of awareness. So what does this mean? When the first moichen, if the teacher wouldn't prepare, or the teacher would be a half-baked, half-baked shear, if the first level of awareness would have not reached the shlemos, this whole process wouldn't happen. It's only because it reached its shlemos all the way to Saif Maisa, Suddenly, this is the cause for his oiridus, for the triggering, for the arousal of a new moichin chadashim yoyser nailim, which we called moichin da atike. Moichin da atike, we remember the conscious begins with chachma. That's like the flash. Where did that come from? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody knows, but just I don't know. Because I have no control there. It's, it's the ayin. That's already the state of what we call keser, atik. So the level of awareness that I'm communicating, that's the chachma, the bina, das, that's all from the place of gilui, from consciousness, from the yesh. But the new awareness is coming from moichen of atik, from the moichen of keser, which is a level of awareness that I couldn't have yesterday. Why couldn't I have it yesterday? Because it's a different level. It's a different realm. I have no access to it. I prepared, I did a tzimtzum, I did whatever I can. But I can only do what I can. I can't go to a place where I, I have no access. So even though Shir wasn't finished, even though it was interrupted, so to speak, by this thing, he's still calling himself Masa because he was at the stage of... of yeah. The yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I should say, on the third explanation, it's probably more connected to the end of the shir than the beginning of the shir. When the soif, the, the soif really comes out, the dibur to the makabal is completed, often that's the moment on the third level, the third reason we explained for the new moichen, where it emerges, because the soif is much deeper. No, I mean, I mean, as he's reaching the soif, as he's reaching that soif, the shleimus, so there's more soif, there's more the tachlis reaching the other, so the tchila comes out. So we call that moichin the atika aideni because the end we always remember is etched in the beginning. And I can't get to that tchila if I didn't touch the soif. I can't prepare for it. You're not going, I'm not going to get to that tchila. This is rooted in the very fabric, interwoven into the very fabric of the cosmos. It doesn't have a logical rhyme or reason in terms of mathematics what happens, but it's inherent to the very fabric of the cosmos because it's rooted in the whole system of creation by the Rebbe Nishalayla by Hashem himself that notes soifon betchilasa. I can't touch my own tchila 
until I don't go to the Saif. And where's the Saif? Not inside of me, inside of you. The Tchila for the Talmud is my Saif, yeah. And that Tchila connects me with my Tchila. His Tchila connects me with my Tchila. You would think his Tchila is like, okay, and, you know, it's Tuffle. It's, it's like, oh, I already reached my Saif. I'm done. I'm out of the game. No, now starts. The quality. The fact that you touched his tchila touches your tchila, which means you reinvent yourself in a, in a place that you didn't realize before. You couldn't prepare before. That's the altikra vayikra ele vayakri, as we spoke about. The real vayikra happens through vayakri. So the, because the previous, if the previous moichen weren't developed, this couldn't happen. Okay, he said something. Because there was so much focus and concentration, so the previous Moichen came to a Shlemos. So they reached their Shlemos. How do we know they reached their Shlemos? That now, the Saif, the end, the Shlemos, reaches in and triggers something that's much deeper, something new. Now, stage B. This Eredus Moichen Chadashim, whose is Talkus Moichen Akadma. And because the new Moichen we're triggered, we're aroused. So what happens? The old moichen have to depart. That's the cause for the histalkos, for the departure of the moichen hakoidmem. If the teacher remains in the previous level of awareness and resists a new insight, then there doesn't have to be a histalkos. He could stay there. Sigut. Amachaye, you'll develop more. But he knows, he knows, he feels that there was a hysteris of a new light. And if he stays here, it gets lost. It dissipates. So because there's new meichen, there has to be the histalkos, the leaving of the meichen akadma. So you see what happens. The meichen akadma, the previous level of awareness reached its fruition, its perfection, its saif. And what happens when the saif is reached? Ah, Archoise comes back goes into a place that's even deeper. So there's a new level of moichen. If there's a new level of moichen, moichen da'atika, that becomes a cause that the old moichen, the old level of moichen must depart. He must depart from it. Vahistalkus, and the departure happens, begimul moichen chachma bin adas. It happens on three levels, as you remember. There's grasping the nekuda of the chachma of the new moichen, and then there's histalkus, there's ascent on one level. Ascent, going away, departing from the old level of awareness, from the old moich. It happens in Bina, it happens even more das. Aval ha'istalkus, hu sibas ha'gilui datik. And it's only this histalkus, which means moving away, right? Histalik means moving away, departing. It's only this departing from the previous shear, from the previous consciousness, from the previous paradigms, that is the actual cause for the revelation of the new level of Moichen. If there wouldn't be a stalkus, if he remains in the old Moichen, there can't be the gili of the new Moichen. You had an insight, boom, it's gone. You lost it. Because there's a stalkus of the old Moichen, there could be the gili, the revelation of a new Moichen. Commotion is boil elbe marshal, as explained in the marshal. If the teacher says, you know what, we're going to postpone this skira, 
Skira is this new insight, this scan, this, this picture, you know, the, the, the camera takes that flash, that picture. It's like that moment. You, you see a picture. You see it. And you say, no scanning now. We're going to do this another time. That means there would be no histalkos. I don't have to take away my inner machshava. My inner machshava. Because my outer machshava, I'm still teaching. So there's a level of thought that's still functioning. But my inner machshava has to now be attuned to the new place until my outer machshava will also ultimately be consumed. But in the beginning, it's the pnimiyas machshafta in a very deep place. I gotta tune in. Because if not, I won't grasp it. But if I don't want to do this, I want to remain with that which is organized in my mouth. That which I'm structured, I'm comfortable with, I have mastered. It's a shir I have given for 40 years. I know it like you know Ashrei. Right? I'm a chaya. I'm in control. It's in my brain. My brain captured it. I know it backwards and forwards. You know somebody who taught something for 40 years? <laughs> it's safe. It's comfortable. It's compact. I got it. I got it down pat. Nobody's going to create a challenge that will completely destroy it because, you know, we, <laughs> I've been doing this. I'm experienced. Nine to five routine. Who wants to go away from that? It's Duraloy Bifiv. There's a Seder. I'm a Chaya. Amachaya, that's true, you could. There's no histalkus, there's no distance, there's no absence, there's no ascending. But what's possible is that that insight, that new moichen, the moichen atike goes back to its source and completely departs. So so we have here this three steps. When the old moichen reaches its ripeness, it's time to fall off the tree. When the fruit becomes ripe, right? We spoke once, it loosens its grip. You know that. Fascinating phenomena. You're not in a spall, Lenny. It's ready. The fruit is speaking to me. The fruit is saying, I'm done. Come get me. It's a fascinating thing. What do you mean? Yeah, flies away. Yeah, in other words, this, this is not simple. We look loose. It's it's a very complicated process in the organism. The tree got to know exactly what to do. I loosen my grip. In other words, it's time to go. My dear fruit, I did what I can. I was mashpia, mashpia, mashpia. I made you into a mensch. And now you gotta get up, now you gotta end up in his abdomen. After a bracha, of course. <laughs> After a bracha, yeah. In other words, it's ripe. It's time to move on. You're ready for the next stage. That's stage one. The previous moichin was ripe. It reached its ripeness. What is its ripeness? Its ripeness is not that it stays in me. Its ripeness is not that I steigt to perfection. What's the real ripeness? Soif, the soif. And the soif is in the other. And in that other, it reaches its ultimate. What's that it reaches its ultimate? As it's reached its ultimate now, because it reaches its ultimate, so the ultimate purpose happened, so now you can touch the core 
behind it all, and therefore a new level of Moichen emerged. Stage B, as the new level of Moichen emerged, something has to happen now, which is stage 3, and that's the histalkos, the departure from the previous Moichen in order to open yourself up to this new level of awareness, because if I want to remain in my previous state of awareness, I will lose that new insight. And therefore, there has to be a histalkos, a moving away from the old moichin, on three levels, chachma bin adas, because if I do not want to, I want to remain in the place where everything is structured and organized, I'm going to lose that. And the deeper the histalkos in the pnimius and the oymek of his machshava, meaning I could say, you know what? A little percent of my brain, I'll dedicate to that. But the core of my thought, I'm not putting there. But he says, the more you are, do allow this istalkus, in the depth and the oymek of your machshava, allowing it to absorb the new epiphany, yoiser niglev in eskadav etzle achadoshes betoisves yoiser. The chiddush, the new, the new material becomes more revealed, becomes closer to you, in an additional way. It always equals, it's an equation. The more histalkos, the more gilui. The less histalkos, the less gilui. Why? The more histalkos, the more I'm ready to move away, the more I'm tuning in and I'm absorbing and I'm getting closer to the new level of moichen. The less histalkos, if I only want to move away a little bit, I'm only going to be typhus very little. So if the person says to himself, the teacher says to himself, I want to remain in this place, that ur will go away. What happens if I'll give a little machshava to it? Maybe I'll just allow for chachma, the intuition of it, but not more. I want to continue everything else. Then you'll have a very little part of it. But because I really want it, I want to absorb it, I want it to be revealed in me. So what happens is slowly, slowly, I must ascend ascend, ascend from the previous paradigm, open myself up to a new paradigm, and become glued and mesmerized by it. And only when I'm glued and mesmerized by it, can I really, can it really become part of me, which also means that at this point, I almost completely, or maybe completely departed and ascended from the previous place, because I can't be mesmerized completely by two things. And when he reaches this place of departure, to the place that even the external words and thoughts are not left anymore. What does it mean? Absolute silence. Which for the student means everything is interrupted. Oops. The chiyos is nifsek. It's cut. It's mamish like the windpipe, right? We have in the laws of shechita, the esophagus and the trachea, the windpipe, the food pipe and the wind, the windpipe and the food pipe are cut. That's called in halacha piska de chiyusa. The chiyus is cut. Literally, no ear could come into the lungs. And what happens to the behemoth? We know what happens. This, this is what's called histalkus. This is literally called histalkus. Histalkus means the soul departs. A soul departs, it's in another space now. It's not anymore being manifested in this place. Azai, who's simon, 
This is the simon that he got it. That the mashpia absorbed the new awareness, not only with his chachman bina, but with his das. What's his das? Let's remember what das is. Das is the ability to gaze at something. Chachma is also a gaze, but Chachma is the gaze that precedes the details. In Chachma, you don't have the MS. It's too nebulous. It's too ambiguous. It's too intuitive. It's too sudden. Das is, you know, there's having the picture of the house. There's building it and making the blueprint of every detail. And then there's the picture afterwards. Shuaistaklus, it's the gaze. Ba'amitis hanakuda. In the core point of the idea, after you after you dissected and differentiated and clarified all of the nuances, all of the components, all of the building blocks with the kayachabina, ukvar muchana muskala chadosh Now the new insight is prepared. It has become ripe to a certain degree by the mentor. So do you understand there's a level of histalkos that affects only my pnimius, not my chitzonius, meaning I continue talking. I even continue thinking. Sure, the student finish feels a diminished level of the intensity of the relationship, but I'm still winging it. Everything, the play continues. My passion may not be there. My enthusiasm may not be there. My attention has been abducted by something else, but externally, the show goes on. <laughs> show goes on. Nobody has to know about the turmoil, you know, backstage. You're, right? <laughs> You're familiar with backstage? It's chaos, right? Nobody knows what hit them in backstage. But for the audience who paid $60 a ticket, the show goes on. <laughs> I, the whole thing is a churban, shebechurban. Nobody got to know. The main thing is the stage looks good, the curtains are open, backstage the director is screaming, another guy had a heart attack, another guy wants to kill everybody, another guy just resigned, another guy wants to destroy this whole company, but we got to wait till the play is over, no dirty laundry in public. There is a, st- There's a stage where Bechitzonius things are continuing. Why? Because the histalkos of the mashpia wasn't so profound. It was just on a limited level. But... For him to really capture the new idea, there has to be complete estalkos, complete moving away, distancing himself from the old, which means even the external thoughts and speeches stop. And what does that express itself to the student? Silence, an abrupt silence, which means the entire relationship at this point seems dead. Which means he's completely silent, because if he's not completely silent, if he still has a part of him that's teaching that's focusing on teaching, he can't be tuned in completely to that level of awareness. Maybe Chachme may even be Bina, but Das? Das is your, you're just glued, you're glued completely, you're mesmerized by it completely. It's a fusion. In a moment of intimacy, there's nothing else. Right? Imagine in the middle of a chuppah, the chassan takes the ring, oh, I just got a text, one second. What do you say about such a chuppah? There's something a little off, right? Huh? Let's do a selfie for the Tabas Kedushim. Let the photographer do what he does. He's getting paid. You're a kala, you're a chassid. This is a moment of intimacy. 
There's a, I mean, I know actually a story. <laughs> it didn't end up nicely. The chassan came home and uh, after the chassan and the kala was just busy with her friends. <laughs> her friends texting and Facebooking after the wedding, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. I mean, the, the, the wedding was not sustainable. The marriage, unfortunately, was not sustainable because, I mean, it's obviously reflective of a challenge. It, in moments of intimacy, What's wrong? A, a, a woman can't text, a wife can't text her friend. He's a, you have to know who, then. <laughs> There's moments that are exclusive. And in that moment, if other things are happening, it destroys intimacy. The definition of intimacy is that it's a secret. It's, it's, it's one and there's nothing else. Ooh, the macabre. That's, that's the issue. One, one, one moment, one moment, right? So for Das, there has to be complete histalkos for Das. And that means that even the chitsoinius of the machshava and dibur, which he was still winging, comes to an end. When he reaches that level of histalkos, with his complete silence, what does it mean for the student? The flow stopped. It's not like sometimes there's a strong flow of water. A powerful current. Sometimes it gets weak. Sometimes there's a trickle. And then, boom, it stops. It's over. From the Makabal side, what does that mean? That means it was completely absorbed by the Mashbiyah. Because that's the only justification to be quiet. Why did you get quiet? I'm waiting. I showed up. I'm here. Why did you get quiet on me? And let's understand what silence means. Silence doesn't mean he's quiet and he's smiling. <laughs> silence means that on the surface there's complete detachment. In the beginning, I was completely there. Later, I'm half there. <laughs> At some point, I'm just winging it, I'm thinking, I'm talking, but it's external. Then he even stops communicating. Why? Because his mind was being carried away. It looks like he's spaced out. He's not spaced out, he's spaced in. He's not spaced out in the sense that he's daydreaming. It looks like he's spaced out. He was, <laughs> he was taken somewhere. He was taken on a spaceship to the new, to Meichendatike, to the new, right? And the more he goes there and he wants to go there to absorb the less communication. And when you say silence, silence itself has different levels. There is silence, but there's a gesture. I could make like this. I could go like this, yeah? You go like this, yeah? Which in America means come back in a year. <laughs> a minute, a minute, yeah? A minute, a second, a second. Huh? A stunde. You can go like this, right? So that's that's communication. It's not the most intimate communication to go like this, but it's communication. There is a gesture. There may be a smile. There may be something called like this, you know, we'll talk. But nishtatik legamri means you go silence, silent completely. In other words, sometimes there's even, even a communication where you go like, you know, what does this mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I need some time. Okay, I need, I need my space. Like, it's like a boundary, right? Do, do me a favor. I'm, I'm, it's not, again, it's not the gilui, but this, you're telling me something. I exist. 
But all that means he's not really there yet. When he becomes really there, he can't even go like this. <laughs> he can't even go like this. He can't even go, I'm sorry. It's complete nishtatik. That's why, cut off, complete cut off. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Because he wants to be able to give that to the student. Teva hatoiv lahetiv. We learned yesterday, binyan hazachar mehachasadim, which means when Adam and Chava, they were one, Siamese twins. There's a separation happens. Adam is put to sleep. If he's not asleep, and Chava is put to sleep. If he's not asleep, that can't happen. In his sleep, they become decoupled. It's called surgical decoupling. I didn't make up the word. Surgical decoupling, right? Through a surgery, you decouple them. Adam and Chava. He's asleep. It's the smallest level of awareness when he's asleep. And now what happens? He comes, emerges from asleep, and he's a new man. Till now, he was a half a man. She was a half a lady. Now, <laughs> now, <laughs> she's complete. He's finished. Hopefully. Or they're both complete. Binyan hazach, that always comes from chesed. That always comes from love. So why is the teacher going away to this? He's not grasping this idea because he wants to become more perfect and more brilliant, because he wants to teach that to the student also. It's part of his relationship with the student. But in order to teach it, he has to grasp it. In order to grasp it, there has to be the histalkos, the interruption. So now let's understand something. When you're looking at this relationship, the relationship seems so powerful, so beautiful. And then the relationship hits a stumbling block. And suddenly what you're noticing is distance, drifting away. And every moment that drifting away becomes more drastic and more drastic. And more, until the relationship is cut. From an external point of view, what are you observing? You're observing the most beautiful, intimate, glorious, insightful, inspiring, meaningful relationship between this mentor and this student that has been going on who knows for how long just came to an end, a brutal end. You can already write on the tombstone. You can already put a tombstone on this relationship. And if you're looking at it, you're right. Hey, teacher, Rebbe, Vubistu, Ayeka. No answer. You don't even give me the dignity of answering me. At least tell me you're upset at me. Tell me. Like sisters, you don't even tell me. Tell me you're angry. Tell me you don't like me anymore. No, you don't even give me that dignity. This relationship has reached its lowest nadir. What is it called? Its lowest, its lowest, lowest nadir. How do you say nadir on Yiddish? N-A-D-I-R. Huh? No, not ned, nadir. It's it lowest, it's lowest, uh, it's lowest point. It can get worse. Wait. That rock, it hit rock bottom. If the student, if the student is looking superficially, right? Yeah? And if the student goes to a coach, a life coach, and says, what do you say about my teacher? He says, oh, oh, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> Abuse. Don't go back there. You have to go rebuild yourself. 
But, ah, but if the student sticks around, and not only if he sticks around, if he can take a peek into Pneumius, this moment where the distance reached its, where the distance reached its highest and most painful point is really the moment of the deepest connection. Betrayal, abandonment. That's the feel. Abandonment. I was left hanging dry. Right. I trusted you, and I'm a Talmud Muvik. Let's remember the difference of a Talmud Muvik. A Talmud She'enay Muvik means you don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> right. I show up, but I show up with my iPhone. <laughs> if you get boring, I can text. The hash what a Talmud She'enay Muvik is. I show up with my iPhone. I don't like it. I go somewhere else. I'm a fan. I'm not a player. The game is not going my way. You go home. No skin in the game. You really don't like the game. You get drunk. What do you think happens at the games? You eat french fries, chicken nuggets, hot dogs, Coca-Cola, and it's a couple of beers. So worst comes to worst. You had a party. Are your team lost? Yeah, we know that you can't trust those players. <laughs> In the old days with the old coach, it was good. But now they're all losers. And it's time to change loyalties. He says, MS. <laughs> You've recently changed loyalties after decades? He is sticking around. <laughs> around. <laughs> and if you grew up in America, in the culture of sports, sport, uh, sports intoxication... This is Mama Show Works. <laughs> Very important idea. That's called Talmud She'enay Movik. I'm a fan. I like you. But if you're going to get bored on me, if you're going to get bored, I have a phone. I have eggs in another basket. <laughs> That's not a Talmud Movik. A Talmud Movik showed up completely. Like he says, he will not lose a word. He invested his life, what we called Hanachas Atzmusoy. He carved out a space that's empty. Empty of what? Empty of himself, of his ego. Why? To receive. And he's receiving. And now what happened? You're gone. Betrayal and abandonment are the two words. So are you saying since separation, which seems of course. Like of course. Of course. Of course. Exactly. Adam and Chava could remain connected, but it's going to be achar ba'achar, back to back, which is a level of relationships that is very small. We're always one, but back to back. You never see me, I never see you. And there are marriages that way. They're connected, but they're back to back. Back to back, I don't mean physically, I mean emotionally. I don't see you, you don't see me. We just know we need each other. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you have a partner in business. You don't see him, he doesn't see you. You just need each other. <laughs> a husband knows he needs his wife. Wife knows he needs the husband. A lot of things are better left unsaid. It's called back-to-back. It's not face-to-face. I don't see you, you don't see me. For us to have face-to-face relationship, there has to be a surgical decoupling. Remember those words, Isaac, very important words. In Lashna Kabbalah, the Arizal calls it Nisirah. Nisira, it's a very famous term in Kabbalah and Chassidus, which means the separation of the couple. Like 
Nun, like a saw, Masser, Masser, Nun, Samach, Yud, Reish, Hey. Vive the David and Asir. Yeah, yeah. Rosh Hashanah. The night of Rosh Hashanah. It says, because they both have to be reconstructed. The binion of the Zoch and the binion of the Nekeva. Vayivin Asaisha. Remember, Chazal, most of the Shittas in Chazal, it wasn't a rib. It was Siamese twins. King James Version decided that Chava was a rib. And there is such a Shitta. But Rashi says, do partsufim. They were Siamese twins. It says, Hashem took the Tzela of Adam and he built it. So the translation in English is he took Adam's rib. So everybody knows Chava was Adam's rib. But if you look at Meseches Erevin, Dafyut Ches, quoted by Rashi, and in Zoyan and Medrash, most of the most of the Chazal, including Rashi, believed that they were Siamese twins. In other words, Chava wasn't his rib. Chava and Adam were two people, like Mamish, like Siamese twins. They were connected back to back. At least part of them were connected, and they were full people. He put Adam and Chava to sleep in order to separate them and rebuild each one on their own as a separate, distinct organism. You want to know Binyan HaZochim? I said not Binyan HaNukva. Because it's not for now. But Binyan HaZochim is Mechsad and Binyan HaNukva is Mechvura. That's why. Because the, the building of femininity comes from Gvura and the building of masculinity comes from Chesed. That's why. But that procedure... Yeah, Achar Vakadim Tsartani. Yeah. There is an opinion of, of, that there was a, it was like a part of the body, Selah. But Selah in Hebrew means a rib, but really Selah by the Mishkan. It says, Litzela ha Mishkan Shainis, the other side of the Mishkan. Chava wasn't Selah, the rib of Adam. She was the other side of Adam. Selah means a side. The rib is on the side, so it became a side. Slayim. No, I know, it has that translation. But the Mishkan didn't have ribs. Ulitzela ha Mishkan Shein is the other side. So there's two possible interpretations. I mean, most people think that the common interpretation is a rib. That's actually, there is such a shita. But it's, uh, most of the Rashi says do partsufim. Pshat is, it wasn't that way. So they're separated now and he's asleep. And when he's in a sleep, asleep, there's no, there's no connection whatsoever. When you're asleep, there's no connection. But that sleep creates a separation which allows them to turn around and look at each other. So back to our dear student and our beloved teacher. At that moment when you are looking at what seems the silence that at last cut the relationship, if you if you have a more pnimiyazdik, if you put on different glasses, if you could see the process from the back end, if you could see things from the inside, you'll see a different picture. The teacher has not detached from the student. In fact, the teacher is driven by a deeper love to the student. He could remain in the old place and give him baby food, but he wants to give him everything because he's a real teacher. Of course he could remain in the sandbox and say, let's enjoy ourselves, but he wants to give him truth. So he's driven by love. And what does that drive him to do? Wow, I just got a revelation. I want you to have that, but I have to go there. As I go there, I am experiencing that revelation, which one day I'll be able to share. So what we are experiencing on one level, as the lowest nadir, as the lowest point in the relationship, on another level, their bond has never been stronger. Their bond has never been deeper.
But there is a condition. The student has to stick around. <laughs> if he gets upset at the teacher and says, you're a lowlife, <laughs> you're a chaze, you're a behemoth, huh? and he builds an eagle, yeah. he builds a substitute, and because of the pain, he becomes an addict. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happens then is he, he, he lost the moment. And that means he was not a real Talmud. He didn't really trust. He trusted when it looked good. He didn't trust. There's no, trust means I trust you. <laughs> right? You know that store in Borough Park. In God we trust. Everyone else pay cash. Yeah. We call it in Yiddish, Mizumen. Why do you call him a zuman? Mizuman means <laughs> I don't trust. Checks are not even checks are not mizuman. Mizuman means they gotta be right here. You're a good teacher, but I don't trust you. If you if you deliver the goods, great. The moment I don't feel good about the relationship, I leave you. You left me, I leave you. Quit per quo. Because I'm not a real student, because I don't understand who the teacher is. Huh? In the, a real relationship of a chassid and a rebbe, that's what it is. But it has to be complete trust. Right? Yeah, but it doesn't start that way. Because <laughs> you can get hurt very badly. Ooh. But, Mo- but you're right. Yeshua wanted everything, but Moshe went up to the mountain. And what did Yeshua do when he went up to the mountain? He stood by the mountain. He waited by the mountain. The teacher is in, the teacher is not in 99%. The teacher is in 100%. He did not leave anywhere. But depends what glasses you're wearing. If I'm wearing glasses of nigla, meaning if I'm wearing glasses of the outer surface, I call this the moment of distance, the moment of separation. If I put on Glasses of Pneumius, meaning I could see what's happening. In the inner core, the Mashpia didn't leave to leave. In a way, this is their deepest moment of intimacy. What do we mean is their deepest moment of intimacy? That the teacher is opening up the student to the deepest truth. But how can they open up the student to the deepest truth? Only by distancing himself and going into this mode of istalkos that we learned in order to absorb the new light. And as he absorbs the new light, he will ultimately be able to share that with the disciple. Uh? Yeah, 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 but salt, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's just called not having manners. Let's not confuse it with that mimer. I know what happens always. You're talking to somebody, somebody just walks in as though we're not having a conversation with somebody. It's a very, it's a very beautiful, yeah. Now here there's two stages. There's two stages. Tune in. Stage number one is where there's just silence. And the student looks and he doesn't know what happened. He's confused. He's bewildered. He may get angry. Frustrated. Most importantly, anger is usually a secondary emotion. Behind anger there's usually pain or loneliness. Anger is usually just a cover-up for what I'm really experiencing, right? 
You could look at what times you get angry and you'll see. There's something behind the anger. So usually behind it is pain, maybe loneliness, maybe dejection, betrayal, abandonment, fear, I'm afraid. Whatever the feeling is. And I'm trying to figure it out. He's just silent. He's quiet. Of course, I'm not experiencing what he's experiencing because I'm the student. I'm not the teacher. Because the teacher himself is struggling with the new idea. Remember, he didn't get it yet. All I see is he's gone. And he's more gone. And he's more gone. He's completely gone. But then something happens. He got it. And I look at his face. And I see that he's in a happy place. There's a simcha there. And because I'm a real student, I'm like, ooh, good things are happening. Good things. I don't know what's happening, but I know good things are happening. I'm not even ready. If the teacher would start teaching now, I, I'm not ready for it. But there's something powerful that I see that gives me a certain solace. You know, when sometimes in life, you don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. It's a certain trust. It's going to work out. How? I don't know. And that's a very comforting point. Like sometimes if you're struggling with one of your children and your mom is worried, you're worried to your core, you can't sleep, you're anxious, and then you hear something, somebody tells you something that your child said. You know, you hear about something he did, a decision he made, and you're like, he didn't lose his brains completely. You know, you don't know where it's going to go. There's still a lot of work, but there's like a certain a reassurance, a reassurance that all has not been lost. It's a very powerful, powerful moment. So, I hope you see where this is going. The Tlasa, the Puranissa, and the Shiva, the Nechemta have just been decoded. The three weeks from the Shiva Asabatamas till Tishabav, three, three weeks. Why three? Chabad, Chachma bin Adas, followed by seven weeks of Shiva de Nechemta. The three weeks of Tlasa de Puranis between Shiva Sabatam and Tishabav are the tough days in the Jewish calendar. They're the most distant days in the Jewish calendar. They come to a culmination in the night of Tishabav when the Jewish world sings and cries, Eicha Yashva Vadad. Vadad, alone, you're alone. Eicha, alas, how can it happen? This was the nation that was Sarasi Bagoyim. It was the leader of all the nations. It was, it was in the highest pedestal. Everyone looked at Jerusalem with, with, with envy. It was the glory of the world, the envy of the world. It's gone. Everything is gone. All that's left is Bein Hametzarim between narrow straits. The Jews are running away into little paths and being and being pursued as Eicha continues. And I'm going to now go back for one moment and tell you what the Medrash says: that when the Jews were exiled, the Navi cried with the word Eicha, and when Adam and Chava were exiled, God cried with the same exact word: Ayeka, Eicha Ayeka. Ayeka means, where are you? Where are you? Eichaz, how? Where are you? Where have you gone? So that separation has now reached, apparently, its, 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 its most tragic moment. And it's reflected in halacha. The three weeks, there's a, there's a, there's a diminishment of simcha. The Mishnah says, Meshanichnas of 
diminish in joy, we don't eat meat, we don't drink wine, etc., etc. All the halachas connected to the three weeks, especially the nine days, in terms of that feeling of grief, of separation, of 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 loneliness, badad, And Tishabov, we sit on the floor, we sit on low on low chairs, and you shut the lights and the, all the halachas of Tishabov. I mean, of course, the fasting and no shoes, etc., etc. We all understand what that means. Now here you'll see a fascinating thing. If you'll open up Svarim of Nister, right? Sifre Kabbal, especially Chsidis, from the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and his students, you will see they will speak about Tishabov in very different terms. And if you don't understand the structure of Judaism, it's like, which are you altering? Are you altering halacha? Are you altering? You didn't alter halacha, but are you altering hashkafa? I'll give one example. Shabbos Chazoin. Tonight is Shabbos Chazoin. Ask any Jew who has a basic Jewish education, why is it called Shabbos Chazoin? And he'll tell you, because the Haftarah begins with the words, Chazoin Yeshayahu ben Amitz, Asher Chazal Yehudavah Yerushalayim. The vision of Yeshayahu. And what was the vision? This was the vision of Yeshayahu, who lived 150 years before the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. But he is the first prophet to prophesize about the pending catastrophe and destruction due to the moral breakdown of Jewish life. One of the expressions in the Haftarah that's going to be read tomorrow is, Eicha, again Eicha, Eicha hoysa lezoyna kirya ne'emona, tzedek yalinbav atameratzchen. How, how can such a loyal city become a harlot? Justice used to dwell in Jerusalem and now it's filled with murderers. Just one example of how harsh and tough and sad this Haftarah is. He speaks about how society became corrupt. Everyone steals and they rob widows and orphans and there's no justice and everybody could be bribed. Yeshaya really lets the Jews hear it. He finishes with Tzion b'mishpati padu v'shavah b'tzdaka. Tzion b'mishpati padu Right? I'm going to ask you now, okay, <laughs> Turn to page Gimel. Turn to page Gimel. Mamish, the beginning. You see, Inyan Shabbos Chazoin. This is written by Rav Hillel Paritcher, a Talmud of the Balatanya, the Mittler Rebbe, the Tzamech Tzedek, the author of this Mamish we're learning. And he says, Inyan Shabbos Chazoin. Shamati me'avi olav ha'shalom. Shesipir b'shem harav de bardichov nishmosi begins in meraimim be'ese yoyse b'shabes anal b'kihila b'rayin. My father heard from their Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, who was a student of the Magad of Mizrich, who was a student of the Balshemtiv, who was one Shabbos Chazoyin in a community called Ryan, a city called Ryan, and the Bardichev is speaking Shabbos Chazoyin. And what does he say? He gives a mush. And what's his metaphor? Father has a precious son and he weaves for him the most beautiful garment and the boy is completely abusive of this cloak and he does things that should not be done generally in his life and he really does not fit this royal cloak based on his behavior and the father tears up the cloak. The father makes him a second time a garment, and once again he betrays the royal uh, p- 
position of this garment. What does the father do? He makes a third garment. He doesn't give it to him. Once in a while he shows him the garment. If you learn to behave, I'm going to give you this garment. This is the third time. Until it becomes so ingrained to who he is, it becomes like his nature, and then he's not afraid to give it to him because this is who he is. Says the Baditchever, Chazayin comes from the word vision. Shemarin lekol echad vechad mi Yisrael hamikdash de laosad meirachak. What's Shabbos Chazayin? Shabbos Chazayin is a Shabbos when Hashem shows every single Jew the base hamikdash, the third base hamikdash. Shabbos Chazayin is when the Father shows the third, the third garment. That's what his father heard from the Baditch of Rav. Shabbos Chazayin and Ryan. And I ask you a question. Shabbos Chazayin is a vision of Yeshaya. Yeshaya is doesn't see a Beis HaMikdash. She sees the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Shaya lived in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. That's Shabbos Chazayin. Comes up with Yitzhak and says, what's Shabbos Chazayin? <laughs> Every Jew has somewhat of a vision of the Beis HaMikdash on the Shabbos. Which Shabbos Chazayin am I living in? Is it a vision of destruction? It's a different vision. Chazayin, Lashen, Mechzesh, Marin HaMikdash. I see a Beis HaMikdash or I see a Beis HaMikdash in flames. What do I see? But the truth is, I'm attributing it to the Baal Shem Tev, to his Talmud. You open a Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says, when was Mashiach born? <laughs> On Tisha B'av. And Lahalacha, that's why we say Nachem, that's why after Chatzos, it's, uh, it's uh, diminished Avelis. Yirmiya calls Tisha B'av Moyed. We don't say Tachnun on Tisha B'av because it's a Yom Tif. This is a Nigla in Halacha. What's going on? Eichmer Ayom Tif. It's a Yom Tif Moyed. So some people say, it's going to be a Yom Tif. Well, we're talking already now. It says in Yerushalmi Tainus a story that there was a man who was plowing his field with an ox. And his ox gave a, uh, what's the expression when an ox grunts? Uh, a krecht, exactly. And an Arab walked by and this Arab knew, he understood animals. So he told the Jews, stop plowing your field. Why? Your Beis just went up in flames. It was Tisha B'av. Stop plowing your field. And the ox, you know, animals feel things that we don't feel. The ox knows it. Stop. Don't plow your field. Remove the yoke. You know, life is over. A moment later, the ox gave another moo. Yerushalmi says, he said, start plowing again. Mashiach was born. <laughs> you could start plowing. Yerushalmi, Talmud Yerushalmi. You're looking at Mori and Yuma, I think Nundalit. When the Gentiles came into the Kaddish HaKadoshim, before Tisha B'av, what did they see? Kruvim Mu'urin Zebazah. The cherubs were intertwined. They were hugging each other. The Gemara says, usually, the Kruvim looked at each other. Male, female, boy, girl. If the Jews were not in a good place, they looked away from each other. If they were in a good place, they looked at each other. Before Tisha B'av, what would you expect? What should they see? How were the Kruvim? The furthest away, back to back. Not only were they looking at each other, they were hugging each other. The Gemara says that the Gentiles took out the Kruvim 
and said, look what the Jews are busy thinking about in their holiest place. This is what they're busy with. This was like a mockery for them. What is, what, what is going on here? But do you see now the pattern? It's all the same thing. At that moment when the teacher and the student have reached the lowest level of their relationship, if you look at it from an external point of view, they are distant in a way that they would never as distant. But if you see the Pnimias, they were never closer. Because what's happening right now is the teacher is driven to give them the deepest light in the world. But in order to give him the deepest light in the world, it's necessary to have a complete departure of the old paradigms. So as the new light was born, he could say, I don't want to give him the new light, but I want to give him the new light. So I go away from the old light and it gets dark. And on three levels, Chachma, Bina, Das. The next seven weeks, what happens? The teacher got it. Three weeks were complete. Tishabov, Mashiach is born. That's the pnimius of Tishabov. It's not the, some nice Torah to make Jews feel good. That is Tishabov. So both elements of Yiddishkeit are 100% correct. It's just what level you're looking at. On one level, it's a time of tremendous grief. On that very same reality, it's a time of tremendous intimacy. Intimacy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Halacha operates on a level of nigla. That's halacha. It's called nigla the turn. But my point here is that it's not just, this is not just, even in, in, in nigla we see this. Mashiach is born on Tishabov, says in Yerushalmi. This guy is plowing. Stop. No, start. Mashiach is born. Really? Mashiach was born three seconds after somebody went up in flames? Where is he? This Mashiach got to be 1900 years old. You know somebody's 1900 years old? You know, they use this Yerushalmi, the Christians use this Yerushalmi. Pablo Christianity tried to use this Yerushalmi to show that the Messiah was around them. And he said, the Ramban said, you got it wrong because the Mashiach was destroyed in the year 70 and he was already dead. Yoshka was dead already. So what happened? Your Mashiach was born 40 years too late. Uh, no. Oh, our Mash- yeah. If this is the Mashiach you're referring to, he was born after your Messiah was gone. So something off. Fine. I'm just telling you what happens at that debate. What's the, what's the pneumius of this? It's not two separate events. When you're looking at that teacher, on one level... There is exile, there is loneliness, there is separation. On another level, why was there separation? Because the light of Mashiach was just born. Because a new light just came into the world. The very separation is a symptom of an intimacy with a completely new paradigm. A new light was born. And because the new light was born, the old light disappeared. It's not two separate events. Yeshaya sees destruction, the Baditshiva sees a Beis HaMikdash. It's the same exact thing. What on one level is destruction, on another level is renovation. 
I see a tractor in your house. I call you up. They're destroying your house. They just threw down your walls. You're like, calm down, Rabbi. Why, why? I'm renovating. I'm renovating. No, they're demolishing. It was a beautiful wall. Yeah, to renovate, you got to demolish. <laughs> you see? So do I see the new house or do I see the old house? If you're looking at it from one perspective, Oi, the house was destroyed. Or you could say, a new house is being built. It doesn't mean demolition is fun. Demolition ain't fun. Working with contractors, no fun. Demolition is not fun. It's not easy. But it's renovation. It just depends what you see. Do you see it on one level? Do you see another level? Whenever something is being destroyed, whenever an old level of reality is being destroyed, you have to look at it in two, you could look at it in one of two ways. The old walls are coming down, which means I'm lost. Everything I had is gone. Or a new house is being created, and this is creating space for the new house. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Ah? Because, because it's, because both sides are real. Both sides are real. Both sides are real. I just want to announce Shabbos. We have the regular shiurim that we have Shabbos morning, and uh, Tisha B'Av Sunday. There'll be a two thirty lecture in the tent across the street, eleven for Shea. Everybody is invited, men and women. And Monday morning we'll resume by Ezer Hashem Nader. Just one second, Rabbi Isaac. What do you ask? Well, the first two when Hashem gave well, now we're the best students. We're even better students. This is all connected to the question of why is there a gullus without a sin? You remember? That was the whole discussion. We always associate gullus with sin, but maybe it's not always about that. When the teacher separated from the student, it's the opposite. It's because he wants to give him everything. He wants to give him infinity. It's a whole different reality. That's why the closer we come to the Gula, the more the Pnimius of Tishabov comes out. Right? They say by the Ruzhina, the Bistral of Ruzhina, the Heleke Ruzhina, so they used to throw in his shul berelach on Tisha B'Av. What are berelach? Those, uh, inc- huh? Bupkis, you know, that it, it sticks to you. Yeah. Uh, it's a seed and it sticks on you. It's like a little... Fr- and uh, the helikirushinary, and then they decided to do a new shtick. They had two chevre on the rafters of the shul. And they had like a swing, they attached a swing, a chain. Anybody who came in, as he walked into shul, yeah, he didn't realize there was a chair waiting for him. <laughs> and, then, and they lifted him up, and they lowered it. And then they just did it to everybody. The Rujana came in, the Helikarina came in, they didn't realize who it is. <laughs> Threw him in the chair, they pick him up, he comes to the rafters, they take a look, and they see the Bissola Rujan. They wanted to bury themselves from shame, yeah.
he was calm. He looked up to heaven and he said, Ribbonir Shalaylam Avinu Shabashamayam Tata in Himmel. Hasgigebina talk to Yidin. Tishabov. The zest as a vasinisht. Vitsu upit in the tog. Namasavak. You gave the Jews a day. They don't know how to observe it. They're not observing it. Take it away. The Balatanya had a chav. His name was Shloyme Kaliner. Shloyme Kalin was one of the big tzaddikim in uh, Karlin is in the Belarus, Lithuania. And he came once. He was a student of Reb Aaron Karliner, Reb Aaron Hagadol of Karlin. This is a Karliner Maisa. So Reb Shleim of Karlin came to visit the Balatanya before Tishabov, and he stayed for Tishabov in Lyazhna. Lyazhna is a little city in Belarus where the Alter Rebbe lived. At night, in the base Medrash of the Balatanya, was a Yid, his name was Reb Shmuel Munkus. Shmuel Munkus was one of the chassidim of the Balatanya, and he was very known for his sense of humor. He was also a gone, but he was a very funny person. And it was the night of Tishabov, and he was, you know, uh, I don't know, kibbutzim, but he was uh, a little lightheaded. Let's, it looked lightheaded. So Mikhalina looked at Balatanya and he says, So Libdi Yungalite is the Besamiktush Khar of Gevara. Because of such guys, the Besamiktush was destroyed, you know. Frivolous. The next day in the afternoon, the Balatanya of Mikhalina went on a walk. And they went to a forest outside the city. They took a long walk. In the forest, they see a Jew sitting by a tree, weeping, weeping, weeping. There's bugs all over him and he's crying and crying. Tishabov. Shlomo says, and because of such younger light, the Beis Hamikdash is going to be rebuilt. Balatanya told him it's the same person. Shlomo Monk is the same person. <laughs> there's two types of humor. There's a humor that comes from lightheadedness. And there's a humor that comes from not taking your ego seriously and looking at the pnimius of things. It's a different type of humor. There's humor that comes because you just, you don't care. There's humor that's actually, it's a deep connection. You understand? You have to be able to know the difference. So he says, it's the same young man, the same young man, it's small monkeys. <laughs> okay. What do you say in relation to the Chassidim and the Rebbe? No, I was saying, there first has to be 100% trust. A chassid and a rebbe, this type of relationship can only exist if there's a hundred percent trust. It's not bad. There has to be a real rebbe. If if you tell a person, make him your rebbe, but you don't trust a thousand percent, you're going to get hurt. That's my point. You understand? This can only exist. This whole marshal can only exist. If the Chassid and the Rebbe have not 90% trust, but 100% trust, 1,000% trust. If that trust is ruptured, even a drop, you can't have that relationship. I'm not going to show up completely. What if today you're in a bad mood? What if today your ego got to you? It's a very serious thing, this. It's one of the issues that a lot of people deal with (laughs) in the last few decades, maybe even before. You can't have a Chassid showing up 1,000% if a Rebbe doesn't show up a thousand percent, it should be different. You can't have a chassid show up a thousand percent if a Rebbe doesn't show up two thousand percent. You understand? Because a real real Talmud, a Talmud Muvik means 
you are completely open. And if you're completely open, you're completely vulnerable. And if you're completely vulnerable, yeah, and that person doesn't show up or never mind betrays you or abandons you, you're never going to be able to open up to anybody. You have that today constantly. You'll speak to different people, you'll see. It doesn't work. You say, you show loyalty to me, but oh, if I like you, I'll be loyal to you. It's a different relationship. It's a business relationship. There's nothing wrong with business relationships. <laughs> I like you, I'll invest in you. I'm getting money, I'll invest. The moment your company's bankrupt, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to invest in you, Stom. It doesn't work. It's like telling a wife to, you be loyal completely to your husband. <laughs> be a macabre, right? Empty yourself out and just be open to him. But he, one day is you, another day is somebody else. It's not going to work. It's going to, she'll close up and she'll never open up again. I was there. I was. I needed your love. I needed your understanding. So, nah, I don't have time for you today. I'm not interested. I have somebody else today. That's fine. But then we become business partners. You know, I take care of the laundry and you take care of the credit cards. That's fine. <laughs> A lot of marriages work that way. I do the laundry, you do the credit cards, I do the food, you take care of the bills, I do the house, you take care of the pool, huh? Much less trust. There may be basic trust in terms of a business, you know? But that's uh, why I opened myself up, I needed you to understand, I needed you to empathize, I needed you to fill it, I needed you to fill my empty space, to be there, to be present there. I needed the mashpia to to fill the makabal space, and when the makabal fills, the mashpia is gone. That's why only a Talmud Muvah can experience this moment and remain. When he sees the teacher going away, if there's trust, he knows that he didn't really go away. He looked like he went away. You understand? It looked like he went away. He didn't go anywhere. Not only did he not go away, he actually went closer. Not only did he not go away, he actually became closer. Because the reason he's going away is because he wants to give you everything. It's because the love is infinite. And therefore, he doesn't want to give you little bean, cholent beans. He wants to give all of truth. So the reason he went away is not because he went away. Because it's, it's because of the closeness. He wants to give you the new, the new truth, the new idea. Verstandek? Back to the metaphor with the construction. You have the guys that get a permit. You have the construction. If you have what? Well, you reconstruct the whole. You need permits. They're corrupted. Guys, you need the permits. They don't want it. It's not going to go very far. Stop trusting. You're right. You're right. I was offended during this year. Uh, the Rebbe said the town on the town of Muba has to put the cell phone away. So I was listening to the year with the cell phone. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the people who were present. <laughs> I was also present. I was looking to look inside. I didn't have a copy. I hear, I hear. Huh? Similar, yeah. 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 No, well, the, the fruit is ready. The tree says, I did my job. 
it's time to fly away. Your tachlis is not to remain on the tree. Your tachlis is to bring pleasure and delight to humanity. And also I have to, yeah, I have to, I got to do my job. <laughs> I'm in production, I'm not in sales. I'm in production, I'm not in sales. In Shulchan Aruch it says that you can eat a Shabbos basak, a Sudas Shloima B'Shaita, like the meal of Shloima. By Chassidim, there was a minute by a lot of Chassidim that they would be Moisif in Simcha, these Shabbosim. Because of what we spoke about, that there's a deeper level of Simcha. But it has to be obviously halachically permitted, permissible. The, the Mari Vashamash writes, the Mari Vashamash writes, he's one of the old uh, Talmud of the Rebbe Reb Melech. He says that the Shabbosim of Bein HaMetzarim are the Pchina of Hagdomas Rafuul Amaka, the remedy before the plague. A taste of the transformation of the three weeks into Yomim Toivim. So in a way it's uh, more powerful than any other Shabbos. There's different perspectives. There are communities in Klal Yisrael where these Shabbosim are very depressing. Especially the Shabbos. They do things in the Nigan of Eicha. On that level. There is that perspective. The, generally in the line of the students of the Baal Shem Tev, it was the opposite. That these Shabbosim was the greatest, very deep Simcha. Of course, in a way that's permissible, Alpishul Chamaruch, we don't mean in a frivolous way, because it's still the night, three weeks, but there was a certain hergish of Geula. That the whole Chorben is, is, is about Geula. So both are very true in Judaism. It's not like, you know, some emphasize this more than the other. That's true. <laughs> But that's how it is in Klal Yisrael. There's different, you know, streams and Elu Elu and Nara Naro Pashte. One is more focusing on the Nigla and one is focusing more on the Pnimius. One focuses more on the, the reality, the way it looks. And on the focus on the way, the reality that is developing internally. Both are true. Like in the Marshall, on one level, the teacher is silent and the student is left with nothing. On another level, that nothingness is a vacuum. It's what's happening is there's hibernation. That nothingness is really an opening for a whole different reality. But it's still nothing. At this moment, it's nothing. So both are very true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And and we operate in both levels of reality. Halacha doesn't live in the clouds. Right? Torah wasn't given to angels was given on earth. So the earthly reality is the reality of halacha. That's how we, that's how we operate on a day-to-day basis. You know, even chas v'shalom, somebody passes away. For the neshama, the neshama left the body and may have gone to the greatest place in the world. So why are we sad? Because we don't have access to that reality. Right? We touch, we feel, we see, we hear, we taste. Yeah, a yard said already has a deeper dimension. But I'm saying, and both, 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 both elements are true. There's the perspective of the soul, there's the perspective of the body, there's the perspective of chitzonius, perspective of pnimius, perspective of heaven, perspective of earth, until you have the fusion. It's interesting that the Rebbe would fabreng on yard sites, but he would always make a seam of a mesechta. Because <laughs> Chabad had a certain litvish side to it, the Rebbe was called a litvak, because you know, he was a very ishalach, real ishalach, shulchanoruch, he was... <laughs> So they always had that. Uh, all the Chassidim were more like. Uh, <laughs> By Chassidim, they don't fast, but the Lubavitch Rebbe, whenever the Yartzid, his father, his mother, he would make a fabreng, and he always made a siyam Always. 
I don't think there was even once he didn't make a siyam. The art side of his father-in-law, Yutchvat, the Rebbe Rayat, a siyam, always a siyam. He would make always siyam in Mamasechtas. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But he once said, he said, in order, because there's shittas and Shulchan Aruch, that it's a fast day, and we're getting together and saying l'chaim, so therefore just to be mighty all the day is to make a siyam mesechta. In other words, there's this, you know, Klal Yisrael is a rainbow. There's, there's a lot of different colors. And my mother would want to eat. Your mother would want you to eat. Okay. Saying covered ames. Even now. Even now, even now, a real mother wants her kid to eat, no? Especially mothers who have been through the war certainly want their kids to eat. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.